I don't know if you knew or not, but Pastor Mike and I compete a lot. He's a young, tough dude, and I'm an old, out of tough dude, but we still do. Uh, you know, during the f- uh, five days of prayer, if he says he's praying 36 hours, I'm going to pray 37. And, uh, and so I told him, I says, you know, that fainting thing, I can do better than that. I don't know if it's tonight or the next week, but, you know, at some point, I think I can do better than that. We'll just give it a shot one of these days and see. So you might be anticipating that. So I'm going to set a record tonight. I'm going to do something that I've never done, and Mike hasn't even come close to this. And that's the longest sermon I've ever preached. Some of you are saying, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I'm going to go real fast so you write fast. And when I say long, I'm not talking about time. I'm talking about number of pages and blanks and all that kind of stuff. So uh, this is about half as long as I have at home that I read from my own motivation. So I ride a bike, a stationary bike, almost every night for an hour. And I hate it. Every second of it. I call it my torture machine. And I'll be home and I'll say, okay, I'm going out to a torture machine. Why do you go out and ride on a torture machine if you hate it? Well, because I got Parkinson's and when I ride on my torture machine for an hour, I can get out of bed the next morning. And I can walk somewhat normal and get around and think and write and yeah. But if I don't, then, boy, I'm telling you, it goes downhill fast. And uh, trouble walking, balancing, getting out of bed, I can't hardly do anything. So I'm motivated to ride my torture machine. Not because I have fun riding on my torture machine, but because the results are cool. I like them. Great. So God motivates me and you by attaching rewards to things that often we don't do with any level of faithfulness. And one of those is read the Bible. So God wants us to read his word. But, eh, We'd rather read the sports page or uh, the, the news or any number of things, but there are 50 blessings in the Bible attached to reading his word. And now that's why it's not as long as it could be tonight. I'm not giving you all 50. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here for a while. But uh, So we're going to look at this. We're in 1 Peter, uh, going through 1 Peter. We finished chapter 1 last week. We're starting chapter 2 tonight. Therefore, 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3, Therefore, putting aside all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes, babies, long, long for the pure milk of the word, long for the pure milk of the word, that you may grow in respect to salvation, if, in, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. So the command, and as I said before, every section that Peter does, it tends to be a, a command in the middle of it that everything sort of revolves around. And tonight the command is long for the pure milk of the word. Uh, Desire it, want it. Uh, Why would you do that? Well, we're going to look at the reason. Number one, God's greatest desire for us is that we grow in character to be like him. To grow in character. Character is not created. Not even God can create character. Character has to grow. He created us capable of growing and becoming uh, amazing, uh, even like him, if we live right. And one of the keys that God has given us to grow 
is his word like, long, uh, like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word that you may grow that you may grow 2 Thessalonians 1.3 we ought always to give thanks to God for you brethren as is only fitting because your faith is greatly enlarged your faith is greatly enlarged and the love of each one of you toward one another grows ever greater grows ever greater 2 Peter 3.18 grow grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Number two, the process of our growing is a partnership with God in that he does his part and we have ours. And so we don't stay in bed and expect to grow. We pursue maturity. We pursue holiness. We do and cooperate with what God. Now, he has done a ton. Uh, in fact, he's done most everything that is needed for us to grow. But there is our part, what we need to do in order to become holy, mature, grown up like Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 6, 1, working together with him, working together with him. We also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain, to receive the grace of God in vain, working together with him. When I was farming with my dad, especially when I got uh, uh, graduated from high school and went to college and got married and we were partnering on the dairy, we used to fight a lot because dad liked to do things the way they did it during the Depression. I like to do things the way we did it in modern times. And the only problem is it usually took some new piece of machinery or equipment that cost some money. My dad was pretty committed to never spending any money. And so, you know, we had this conflict. And so one day he came up with this idea. He says, you know what? Let's just split the farm up. I said, well, what do you mean? I'm going to raise the calves. You milk the cows. I'll raise the crops. You do your job, I'll do my job. I won't tell you how to do your job. You don't tell me how to do my job. I said, cool. So one day one of the calves died. I said, Dad, you know, if you would do this and this, and he says, whose job is the calves? I forgot. Tell me. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, they're yours. Oh, yeah, they're mine. So I will kill every calf we have if I want. I said, good, okay, yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> I'm sorry, I interfered, and you're part of the farm. So once we got that straight, we got along pretty good. I did my part, he did his part. Do you know what we want to do as we live our life? We want to move over and do God's part and ignore ours. And it won't work. We have to know what ours is. And so ours is pretty simple. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read it every day. Every day, every day, every day. Um, number three, a major part of that um, part that we have in our own growth is to read his word, to listen to good teaching about his word, to study it, and to memorize and meditate on it. As we do that, the power of God's word, God's word is supernatural, is living. It's, and when we read it, the Holy Spirit working in us honors his word and it becomes a supernatural force and power in us to cause us to grow, to become like Jesus. We read his word, we listen to it, preached and taught, we study it, we memorize it, we meditate on it. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3 again. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and, and all slander like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word that, you may, that by it you may grow, that you may grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, long for the pure milk of the word. Number four, our regular diet of the word is considered a discipline. 
because our flesh hates to read the Bible, and the devil does everything possible to keep us out of the Word. So, I hate reading the, riding the bicycle, getting on that thing every night. You know, when we get done here, I got to go home, I got to ride that stupid bike. Ah, I'm not looking forward to that. My flesh doesn't like exercising. My flesh loves ice cream. I can just line them up. This is what my flesh likes. This is what it doesn't like. And uh, we live in this thing that has this anti-God, anti-God thing in us. That's just the way we are. And so we're always dealing with that, fighting it, warring it, conquering it. Um, Romans chapter 7, verse 18, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. The willing is present, the doing of the good is not. For the good I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not do. You ever read that and say, oh, wow, that's me. Yeah, that's me. I can like dozens and dozens of things. Yeah, the thing I'm not supposed to do, I do. The things I'm supposed to do, I don't do. It's called a discipline. 1 Corinthians 9.27, I discipline my body, that is my flesh, and make it my slave. Wow. I wish I'd got that one done already. Make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So that's the goal. They're called spiritual disciplines. That is things that will cause us to grow, to grow in our walk and relationship with God, but our flesh hates to do it. So we work at making it happen in our life. And one of the keys is to remind yourself over and over and over again of the rewards, the blessings of doing it. Number five, a major motivator to be faithful to a discipline in our life is to focus on the rewards that the discipline brings. <clears throat> so why read the Bible? Why pray? Why give? Why come to church? Why worship God? What's the reason? There's a war, rewards attached to every one of those in the Word of God. And what it does to us and for us in our walk with God, in our growth of our character, in our relationship with God. So, number six, faithfully reading the Word is a key to knowing what God's will is for our life. You ever wish that you could get a letter in the mail, a regular letter, you know, envelope, and on the front of it is your name, and up on the left hand corner, it says, God. Oh, I wonder what he's going to say. You open it up, pull out the letter, and in there is detailed instructions for today. What to do all day long. It tells you what's going to happen at work, and it says, do this. It tells you what's going to happen after work, and it says, do this. You read it. Wow, cool. A letter from God telling me exactly what his will is for my life. Now, one of the things that you know, and I know, that if you do the will of God, you will be doing what you ought to do, and things will go well when you do the will of God. And you finish, and you think, wow, that was great. I wish that would happen every day. Next day, you get, there it is, another one. Your name's on it. God's up and you open it up. Look at that. Instructions for the whole day. <clears throat> So the Bible doesn't have in it detailed instructions about your job and about your money and about your house and your job, but the Holy Spirit lives in us, and when we read the Bible faithfully, 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 God will put in us, as we discipline ourselves and get close to him, he will put in us 
his desire for us and that we will just follow your desires. And the motto that you've heard me say before, get close to God and do what you want, and that'll be the will of God. Get close to God, do what you want. That want will be there because God put it there. Why? Because you faithfully read his word. <clears throat> Psalms 119.33, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. The way of your statutes, that's the Bible, the word of God. And I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe your law, your word. Keep it with all my heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is, you brainwash yourself. You do that by reading the word. By the renewing of your mind, so that, so that you may prove what the will of God is. The will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Read the word faithfully, faithfully every day, and you will be transformed, and you will know the perfect will of God for your life. Colossians, did you know that when Paul was in prison, he wrote letters to churches? And there's two letters that, as you read through them, you'll see that, huh, they're almost identical in many places, because he writes one to the church at Colossae. He writes the second one to the church of Ephesus. And the male lady comes, and he gives one to one and one to the other with the address on it. So Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. The word of Christ richly dwell within you. With all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Ephesians 5.17, so then do not be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. So did you see that both of those have sing, make melody with your heart to the Lord and back up just a little bit? One says, be filled with the Word. And the other one says, know what the will of God is. Know what the will of God is. Number seven, God created us for relationship and fellowship. He gave us his word so that we could know him. So that we could know him. God's word is his words to us. It's his communication to us. When we read his word faithfully, our relationship with him will grow. Our awareness of his presence will grow. Awareness of his power in us will grow. Our awareness of his will will grow. Because we will know him not just out there as a information but we will know him in here intimately because we read his word philippians 3 8 more than that i count all things to be lost all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing knowing christ jesus my lord for whom i have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish garbage so that i may gain christ to know christ jesus that's above all that's what I want more than anything else. Psalms 119.2. How blessed are those who observe your testimonies. That's the word of God. Who seek him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. Observe his testimonies. Seek him. Same thing. Psalms 119.10. With all my heart I have sought you. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. With all my heart I have sought you. Don't let me wander from your commandments. Number eight, a major plus for us believers is that we have God's power in us. 
We have God's power in us. How many horsepower is the car you drive? Some of you have lawnmower engines in your car. (laughs) They don't go very fast. You have them because they get good gas mileage. Others of you have mm, lots of horsepower, and you love stepping on the gas uh, at a stop sign and spinning your wheels a little bit if there's somebody around to show off for. Some a lot of horsepower, some a little. Some of you, as you sit there tonight, have a lot of supernatural power from God. Some of you have like zero. I can do all things through him who strengthens me is not a verse that every believer can quote because many people don't have much power. Some have huge amounts of power. One of the single most important factors in determining how much horsepower you have from God is your life in the Word of God. You read it every day, or do you occasionally glance at it and read a verse here or there? You will have not much power if you do that. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, don't you know? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, of the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. He gives strength to the weary to him who lacks might. He increases power. Though youths go weary and tired, vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord, wait for the Lord. You know what that word means? It means do nothing but sit, pray, read. Wait for the Lord. They will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They'll walk and not become weary. That's a great promise. Number nine, our ability to bear up under trials is determined by his word in us. Talking to people on a regular basis and everybody, you know, you walk into a room, you sit down, you have a conversation, drink up coffee. How you doing? How you doing? How's life treating you? And then... I can tell you my problems, you can tell me your problems, your trials, my trials, your frustrations, my frustrations, we all have them. And somebody might say this word, boy, I'm so stressed. And if you say that in my hearing, I will almost always respond with this. Stress is optional. Did you know that? Stress is optional. You don't have to be stressed by anything. That's a promise in the Bible. So, how do you keep from being stressed? One of the answers to that is read the Bible. Read the Bible. Psalms 119, verse 28, My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. Number 10, those who take uh, in the word of God regularly will have great peace and freedom from anxiety. From anxiety, no stress. Great peace, freedom, freedom from anxiety. That'd be nice. Psalms 119, verse 65, 165, those who love your law have great peace. Nothing causes them to stumble. That's kind of a complicated verse, isn't it? Hard to understand. Those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. That's pretty straightforward. I got it. I understand it. Read the word. Great peace, nothing, zero, causes you to stumble. 
Number 11, when we honor God by spending time in his word, he honors us by answering our prayers. <clears throat> so we have clout or no clout with God. Lots or little. God listens and answers, or in some places he said, your prayer he considers an abomination. What makes your prayer influence clout with God go up? It's pretty simple. You listen to God, he listens to you. The more you listen to God, the more he listens to you. You read his word, and your prayers will be heard and answered. He promises that in dozens of places in his word. John 15, 7, if, if, that's a big word right there, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it'll be done for you. If, if. Psalms 119, 145, I cried with all my heart, answer me, O Lord, for I observe your statutes. Psalms 119, 170, let my prayers come before you, deliver me according to your word. Psalms 119, 173, let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. Number 12, reading the Bible, memorizing, and meditating on it is a major way that God has ordained that we conquer sin in our life. Conquer sin or sin habits. <clears throat> I conquered anger in that I used to get angry a lot. Now I very, very, very seldom get angry. I get just a little bit irritated occasionally. The other day I was working on my 1969 Mustang and I was trying to determine whether the oil pump was working. It was new, but it seemed like it wasn't working, so I took an ex a socket extension and I put a socket on the end of it and I put it down the hole that the distributor was in and it fit on this little thing and I put an electric grill motor on it and it would make the oil pump go round and round and round and sure enough, oil was squirting out when I did that. Cool, it works. So I went to pull it out and when I went to get out the hole, the socket that was on in the extension came off and fell on the bottom of the oil pan. You probably know that's not a good thing. And I said, oh, crap. I didn't throw the drill or the extension. I only said it once, and I said it quietly. That's not the way it used to be. I would have had to buy a new drill. I've conquered that. How? I memorized six different verses on anger, and every time I got angry, I went over them and over them and over them. God's word is powerful, and you can conquer whatever sin habit you may be struggling with by using the word of God to do it. <clears throat> I forgot where I was at. There we go. Okay, thank you. 12, uh, Psalms 119.11. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalms 119.101. I have restrained my feet from every evil way because of your word. Psalms 119.133. Establish my footsteps in your word. Do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. 13. The world doesn't give joy. Money or stuff don't give joy. God gives joy. 
but he doesn't just give it randomly, arbitrarily. There's a condition attached. And he gives joy to those who read his word. So how happy are you? How joyful are you? Would you like to be more joyful, happier? Read the word. Psalm 119, 111, I have inherited your testimonies forever. They are the joy of my heart. They are the joy of my heart. Psalms 119, verse 143, trouble and anguish have come upon me, yet your commandments are my delight. Your commandments are my delight. 14, wisdom is knowing what to do and say in any situation. Knowing what to do, wouldn't you like to be able to do that? You know exactly the right word to say. Any situation, you know what to say. Any situation, you know what to do. That's wisdom. The more we read the Bible, the more wisdom that we will have. One of my dad's sayings, just because you get old doesn't mean you get wise. A lot of old fools running around. I heard him say that dozens of times. Just because you get old doesn't mean you get wise. There's a lot of old fools running around. Just because you have experiences, just because you go through life doesn't mean that you learn anything but those who read the word of God faithfully they will become wise Psalms 119 24 your testimonies are all also are my delight they are my counselors my counselors Psalms 119 teach me good discernment and knowledge for I believe in your commandments Psalms 119 97 through 100 I've memorized this one. Oh, how I love your law it is my meditation all the day your commandments make me wiser than my enemies I have more, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged because I have observed your precepts. God's word makes us wise. God's word makes us learn, gives us understanding. We know how to think. We can solve problems. We say the right words. We make the right choices because we read his word. 15, the more we read the Bible, the more faith we will have. In Romans it says... Abraham grew strong in faith. He grew strong in faith. Jesus told his disciples, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains and nothing is impossible to you. You ever wish you had more faith? Um, we can grow our faith like Abraham did. Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. Psalms 119:49. remember the word to your servant in which you have made me trust or believe or have faith. 16, Satan and his demons are very real, very powerful, but we can defeat him with the word of God. So you know, uh, the, there's some basic theology. It's, uh, if you study the topic of the, bi uh, the demons and Satan in the Bible, it's called demonology under the topic of, of uh, certain theology. And so there's basic things. Uh, there's one devil... He can be in one place at one time. He's not God. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. Uh, he's just a, an experienced spirit being that we can't see. He has probably never looked at you because he can only be at one place at one time. He's not going to fool with us. But he has a whole bunch of demons, and he tells them what to do. And word comes back, and he says, Tracy Rowe is starting to make waves for God. We need to assign two more demons to him. And so, they're the, you know, and we can't see them. If we could see those dudes, 
it would be a piece of cake resisting them. I mean, if they had their horns and red suit and pitchfork and pointy tail, we, no problem, but we can't see them. And they tempt us by talking to us, and we hear them in our thoughts. And so all day long, all day long, wherever we go, they're jabbering at us like kids following us around. Jabber, 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 jabber. And in our head, in our head, in our head, thoughts about what we ought not to think, what we ought not to do, what we ought not to believe, they pop into our head. How do you get over that? How do you conquer that? The Word of God. 1 John 2.14, I have written to you young fa- I've written to you fathers because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong. The word of God abides in you. The word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Overcome the evil one. That's past tense. I mean, it's a done deal. You're strong. The word of God abides in you. Psalms 119.95, the wicked wait for me to destroy me. I will diligently think about your testimonies. 119, 110, the wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not gone astray from your precepts. 17, we were created by God with glory. We were created by God with glory. We lost it the first time we sinned on purpose. We crave it. We try all kinds of ways to get glory. We try to win, show off, drive nice cars, wear nice clothes. God's word in us is a major source of self-worth, glory, and the absence of shame. Feel good about who you are is not a result of winning a football game. Feeling good about who you are is not a result of making a lot of money. Feeling good about who you are is not a result of looking in the mirror and saying, wow, you are a handsome dog. Feeling good about who you are is put there by God, and he does it for those who honor him by reading his word. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Fall short of the glory of God. We crave glory. God created us for glory. We were made to have his glory in us. Psalms 119.6, then I will not be ashamed when I look upon your commandments. I will not be ashamed when I look upon your commandments. Psalms 119.22, take away reproach and contempt from me. I observe your testimonies. 119.31, I cleave to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. 119.116, sustain me according to your word that I may live and do not let me be ashamed. Psalms 3.3, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. 18, we're commanded to rejoice always and to grumble and complain about nothing. Those who have a steady diet of God's word can pull that one off. I make mention of this often. Don't grumble about anything. Rejoice about everything. And always somebody will say, Pastor D, I know that's in the Bible, but I don't think that's possible. If you don't read the word, it isn't. It isn't, but as you faithfully read the Word of God, you become increasingly more positive in your thinking. You become increasingly stronger to be able to manage uh, pressures and trials in life. Philippians 2.14, Do all things, everything, without grumbling or disputing, so that you may prove yourself to be blameless, innocent, children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Psalms 119.7, I will give thanks to you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. 
Psalms 119, 62, at midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of the influence of your righteous ordinances, your word. Psalms 119, 164, seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous ordinances, because of your word. 19, contentment is a very important character trait. Those who read the word of God will continually grow in being more and more content. Wouldn't you like to be just, that's good. I have enough. I don't need any more. I am content. Contentment. It just kind of, oh, this, I'd love to be content, totally content. Not wanting more, being content. Hebrews 13, 5, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Philippians 4, 11, not that I speak from want, I have learned to be content whatever circumstance I'm in. I've learned to be content. Psalms 119, 14, I have rejoiced in the weight of your testimonies as much as in all riches. 119.36, incline my heart to your testimonies, to your word, and not to gain. 119.70, their heart is covered with fat, but I delight in your law. 119.72, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Psalms 119.127, therefore I love your commandments above gold, yes, above fine gold. 20, there are many blessings given to the person who, that fears God that fears God. Those who faithfully read the Bible will have a healthy fear of God. A healthy fear of God. God is God. He is all-powerful. He is the one that judges. He is the one who disciplines. He is holy. Fearing God is healthy. It's good. It's the way, what we ought to do. Psalms 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. The secret of the Lord Psalms 33, 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. The eye of the Lord, he pays attention, he watches, he takes care of those who fear him. 34, 7, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. I was with somebody some time back, and they were getting ready to drive, and they said, we don't have to worry about the traffic because God's word says his angels are around us and will protect us. I don't like to correct people, so I just thought it. Uh, that's conditional. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Who fear him. Those who fear him, obey him. Psalms 34, 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for to those who fear him there is no want. One nineteen thirty eight. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces fear of you. Your word produces fear of you. Deuteronomy 17, 9. It shall be with him, talking about the word of God, and he shall read it all the days of his life, and that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by carefully observing all the words of this law and these statutes. He shall read it every day of his life that he would fear the Lord. 21, those who read the Bible faithfully tend to be a bold witness for Jesus. There's just something about the word when you're reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it, when you have an opportunity to share, to talk, uh, you, do, you tend to do it because of the power of God's word in your life. Psalms 119.46, I will also speak of your testimonies before kings. I will not be ashamed. I won't be intimidated. I'll speak your word. 22, the more we read the Bible, the more we will understand the Bible. Sometimes people will say to me, Pastor D, I've read this section of the Bible, and I just didn't get it. 
I said, that's all right. Read it again. See, the first time you read it, you get one word. Second time you read it, because you got that word, then you'll get a couple more words. And then next time you read it, you'll get even more. See, the Bible is like a math book that has two plus two and calculus and trigonometry all mixed together. And so as you're reading it, oh, two plus two, I got that. Oh, here's three times three, I got that one. And you go through it, and then because you got that, now the next time you go a little bit lower and you get that uh, three into nine is three, and, and you get that, and then the next time through it, then you get some algebra, and then you get some trigonometry, then you get some calculus. Every time you read the Bible, you understand it a little better because you're learning, and it forms the basis for new learning. And so if you read it and don't get it, don't worry about it. Just read it again. And every time you read it, you'll go a little deeper and you'll understand a little bit more. Psalms 119, 12, Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Teach me what your word means. 119, 18, Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. 119, 26, Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts because I have meditated on your wonders. 23, the more we read the Bible, the more we will want to read the Bible. So I was with a guy the other day in an accountability group, and he said this. I can't remember who it was, so if it was you, uh, don't take offense. I'd, I want to read the Bible not because I'm supposed to, but because I want to. Are you born that way? No. How do you get that way? So, you know the journey. I think I've shared this with you about a thousand times. You start over here, dry as dirt duty. You discipline yourself. You make goals. You get accountability. You just make it happen. Dry as dirt duty. And if you keep it up, it moves over here to habit. You develop the habit. If you keep the habit up, it moves over here to delight. That's who you are. That's what you do. That's what you love. But you don't get here overnight. It's a journey. And it starts over here, dry as dirt duty. And so when the person says, I want to read the Bible, not because I want to, I mean have to, but because I want to. Cool. But it's going to take a little bit of time. Faithfully. That's why I say to people, do I have to read it every day? No. But if you want to make it a habit, you do. If you want to make it a delight, you do. But if you just want to read it, you can read it once a week if you want. But what you want is you want to be over here. And that's a bit of a journey. It takes faithfulness, and pretty soon it will happen. It'll happen. Psalms 119.20, My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. Wow. My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. Psalms 119.40, Behold, I long for your precepts. 119.47, I will delight in your commandments, which I love, and I will lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Psalms 1, 2 through 3, but his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields his fruit in a season. His leaf does not wither. Whatever, 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 everything he does prospers. 24, reading God's word will give us a healthy soul. A healthy soul inside that will be healthy, strong, because the Word of God makes us healthy on the inside if we read it faithfully. Psalms 19, 7 through 8, the law of the Lord is perfect, 
restoring the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So, dry as dirt duty. A goal. What's your goal for reading the Bible? We have these little booklets. I think we have some left. You could do that one. Um, There are all kinds of systems and plans and programs. Have one. I have a goal. My goal is to read 12 chapters a day. Uh, That's more than most because I teach the Bible. I ought to read it. And so I read two chapters in the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi. I read five chapters in Psalms because it's 150 chapters. I get through Psalms every month. That's part of my praying. I read one chapter in Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So I get through Proverbs every month. I get through the Old Testament once in a year. I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Revelation, two chapters a day. I get through that three times a year. I read Romans through Jude, four chapters a day. I get through it every month, 12 chapters. And I can do that in 40 minutes approximately, give or take, depending on how long the chapters are. I usually almost always read while I'm pedaling my bike, that torture machine. I have my iPad up on the table, and as I'm pedaling away, I push the page flip button, and I read while I'm riding the bike. Um, It's a good combination. God's Word makes me like God and pedaling my bike helps my physical body. It works. What's your goal? If you don't have a goal, you won't read. If you don't have some kind of commitment, some kind of plan, just doing it whenever, you won't do it. None of those benefits will be yours. So you want those, all of them. And they're black and white. They happen. They really do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you've given it to us as a gift. Your word is supernatural, is living, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the very core of our being, between soul and spirit, judging the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Your word gives us power. The word is the sword of the spirit. Lord, your word gives us wisdom. Everything we need as we walk and live for you, we get when we read and study, spend time in your word. When we read your word, we're spending time with you. We're listening and hearing your voice. That, Lord, our flesh hates to read the word. That The devil doesn't want us to do it. The world will suck up all our time. And if we don't discipline our flesh, make it our slave, then we'll get haphazard reading your word. And, Lord, we won't grow. Like newborn babies, we're to long for the pure milk of the word that we may grow thereby. I pray that you help each of us to do that. We love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.